keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. But it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pike two, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Welcome, everybody, to Total and Marks. I'm your host, the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world. Here uh, with me today is my guest. He was a writer on James Corden, the Emmys. He's at a half-hour special on Comedy Central. He's uh, one of the funniest guys I know. We used to do a two-man show together, Jared Logan. Hi, I wasn't a writer on the Emmys. Oh, I thought you were. I, no, that's okay. The Grammys. The Grammys. Even better. I'm sorry. But I just love to. I just it's like, like the Cable Ace Awards. <laughs> exactly. Sure. People just throw in credits like Conan O'Brien, the <laughs> Emmys, <laughs> no. Hawaii Five O. <laughs> Michael Fox introduced me as one of the writers for Ellen's special last night, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. And uh, my co-host, uh, you know him as The Gunt, but I have a new nickname for you. You came up with The Gunt. Right. Um, but I have the, I- the Ayatollah of Diet Cola. Nice. Yeah, that's not bad, right? I am very sympathetic to Iran in general. I think we gave him a bad rap. So. <laughs> there we mm. go. And Zach is also here. Hello. Uh, guys, uh, Jared, not a wrestling fan. No. Ray, definitely not a wrestling fan. I would say no. No. Uh, but it's it's Christmas, and there's a lot of stuff that went on in the world of wrestling this week. The triple threat match at TLC was amazing. You'd agree with that, Zach? I would. Uh, the McMahons are back. Not as amazing. Would you agree with not that, Zach? Not as good. Right. A lot of stuff happened in wrestling. But we're, we're going to put all that aside uh, for our Christmas episode and talk about the 1996 classic Santa with Muscles. And before um, I uh, we go into Santa with Muscles and our breakdown of what happened, if, if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening to this and watch the movie because, I mean, it just feels like a fever dream. And, you know, Zach, I want to apologize first off because this is the fourth Hulk Hogan vehicle I've made you seen. We've watched Mr. Nanny, Suburban Commando, and an episode of Thunder in Paradise where a woman from Detroit pretends to be Jamaican the entire... That's basically the entire plot. That was a subplot uh, of that uh, show. That's true. And I think this may have been the worst. This may be the worst. But, I mean, that's... I mean, there's some bad Thunder in Paradise episodes. I guess we're going to find out. No, it's, it's a black woman from Detroit. Okay. And then her ex-lover realizes who she is. And she's only talking like a Detroit... Like, like, really racist Jamaican accent. Right. And he's like, I know you, Sarah. <laughs> and he's like, you're right. I escaped Detroit. I couldn't live that life. Um, so she creates a fake Jamaican persona. So Thunder in Paradise is the best of the speedboat-based procedural. That's true. I would say I would say it's a close second as far as uh, beach... Uh, beach law enforcement to Pacific Blue. Wait, is this a whole show say. that Hulk Hogan starred in? <laughs> what? Yeah, Thunder in Paradise was two seasons. Oh my god! Wow. Who is this? Co- Does he have a co-host? Like, well, it was a co? It, was a, it wasn't a co-host. It was oh, a co-star. Co- co-star. Yeah. It was this guy um, who 
we we looked up his Wikipedia. What was it? He was playing who? Is, uh, who I don't remember anybody's name. Brew? He was playing Brew, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, he in his Wikipedia, he says, Thunder in Paradise ruined my career, and I've never been able to go on an audition. That'll happen. But this movie filled with stars. Yeah, it really is. So let, let's get right to it. Um, uh, Santa with Muscles, what were you guys, before we go through the plot, what were your thoughts watching this film? I thought it was a surprisingly promising film. I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect, <laughs> but it had a lot of dynamic characters, it had a lot of uh, interesting, like the, the villain had a little bit of dimension to him. They didn't really build up uh, the okay. whole subplot of them being connected, but I thought there was, it was almost like a Final Fantasy game in that way. Right, but, right. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot to like. Hulk Hogan, not a great actor. <laughs> That's my biggest takeaway. But uh, yeah, not a great uh, actor. The supporting cast was was not bad. <laughs> not a great. All right. Well, I'm not a wrestling fan, but I am a fan of uh, films like this, and uh, it is uh, it's truly terrible. Um, you say that a lot of great characters. <laughs> I've been like seven too many characters. <laughs> there's like there's like seventy characters. I just like it when in someone, this movie that yeah. they just like pull up and then give no background to. Be, to. to be fair, I said dynamic characters. Okay, there are some they, dynamic. You know, no, you're right. They do change a lot. I mean, it uh, has their own special powers, like Mega a Mega Man right, game or well, something. We'll get, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, first off, the movie opens like a horror movie. Right. It opens where they they showed. I guess what's it? Jack Frost or Edmund Frost? Ebner Frost is Ebner the guy. Ebner Frost. Yeah. They show Ebner Frost's house, and then they have that uh, the little girl from the orphanage's voiceover explaining, you know, what it's going to be. And I and you kind of think like, oh, okay, like Hulk Hogan's going to play the actual Santa, and this is Jack Frost. You know, the classic, right? You know, uh, you know, Joker versus Batman of Christmas War. But you're right. You they open with a shot of him carrying like body shaped <laughs> objects into his house. The bad guy. It's like the beginning of Phantasm. <laughs> it really is. And then this little girl narrates <laughs> narrates all the exposition in the first ten seconds of the movie. She's like. Dear Santa, there is a bad guy in our area named Ebner Frost. He will have to be stopped by some sort of Santa with muscles. Like, she literally outlines the entire plot of the movie. It's, uh, there was that scene where, as she's talking where a guy gets abducted. And I'm still not sure. Was that the guy who they were torturing later? Or was that just a random event in that town? Wait, which which guy was you, this? It's very quickly. It's not it's not like fixated on. But like as she's looking down, so there's some guy just in, in the far distance kind of just gets pulled into a van. Well, I think that could have been... Is that the shoe salesman guy? That guy? could have been the shoe salesman guy. Right. Yeah. We'll yeah, I mean, the whole movie is... Okay, so we have the opening where, where it seems like bodies are going to Emner Frost's ass. Then we hard cut... To uh, Hulk Hogan, who is playing uh, Blake in this movie, Blake Thorne, Blake, Blake Thorne, Thorne yeah. who's become a. F uh, uh, in, in the beginning, I thought it was kind of like Commando. He's fighting some drug dealer chefs, but it's his own chef. So okay, this is something I liked about yeah. the movie. So when they introduce Hulk Hogan's character, he has this big fight sequence with like gardeners who are coming after him with weed whackers, right, right. and chefs who are attacking him with right. spatulas. That's a good idea for a fight. Yes. If it wasn't choreographed <laughs> by me, <laughs> it looks like, like. And also, none of the guys were intimidating, too. Someone with no, no directing experience. No was, one has a gun. It's just very, like, <laughs> it's just unprofessional. It looks like, because in real life, I mean, I don't know if you knew this, Jared, but Hulk Hogan, like, choked out Richard Belzer in real life. Really? In real life. It's on, you can watch it after this on YouTube. It was, like, during the 80s when um, Belzer. 
like uh, Bell. No, Bell's are at a talk. Bell's are at a talk show, and he went on and he said wrestling is fake. And Hogan puts him in a headlock, and he leans into Mr. T, who's always there, and he goes, I'm going to do it for real this time. And he chokes him out, and Belzer like, falls hard to the ground. And Belzer ended up winning, like, $100,000 from Hogan. No way. Yeah, it's that online. That publicity stunt. No, no, he, like, really... Like, if you watch it, I don't it, you're know. Like, I'm just getting... No, if you, if you watch it, you're like, oh, this did not go... Like, he went to court. Like, to be, it was, like, that was it. To be clear, was Belzer like, yeah, put me in a headlock, let's see what happened? Or did he just do it out of, out of nowhere? I think he. I think Belzer was like, "Hey, put me in a headlock, see what happens." I okay. haven't seen the bat. The bat. I, I think that it was like. It, I mean, you have a steroid freak, and then right. a comedian who's smug as shit. Well, there's another one like that. I saw years ago of a newscaster saying it was fake to some wrestler in the hallway. Yeah, I saw that guy at a wrestling convention. And he actually, yeah, he kicks the shit out. There's a couple yeah. of cases like that. Well, where... you don't want to face. Hogan in the courtroom. <laughs> he always wins in the courtroom. As he, uh... long as you have Peter Thiel behind you, yeah, exactly. you're totally fine. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's get back to the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, Blake Thorne. Blake Thorne. Before we started, we were trying to talk about what he is. Like, what is this character? He's a. F- uh, he seems like a. He's a male nutritionist guru, right? Because it's all supplements. Yeah, and like and like Wheaties type cereals. Right. He's badly not... photoshopped onto the box. His his image is badly <laughs> photoshopped onto the box. Yeah, Isn't he's. Him- Implied perhaps that he was an ex Navy SEAL or something, so like he has some pastiche. They never, they never go into that because his whole personal life is full of you know commando esque, you know escapades, you know fighting these guys. I think his range is limited. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty. Did they ever? I don't think he ever was in the service. I mean, it, they go into his background a little bit. Well, he owns several Humvees. <laughs> yes, and he enjoys driving at high speed through small uh, residential communities while in, firing paintballs. Clearly, right outside Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, they did not like. In the beginning, you're like, "This is a Christmas movie," and then the rest of it is just shot in fucking Van Nuys. <laughs> yeah, you he's, a, he's a he's a um, vain. Uh, privileged millionaire playboy. Right. Yeah. yeah. He so he's he's then chased by and he gets into a paintball fight. He makes his chef. He makes his staff get into a paintball fight uh, while driving on the road, like breaking the speed limit. Um, and uh, then they decide to shoot a cop with paintballs. Yeah, and thinking the, that's funny. Clint Howard. Right. Clint Howard. That's the yeah. best. The best review I can give this of this movie is Clint Howard's pretty good in it. He's pretty good. Yeah, he, he looks has, pretty good too. He has, you know, younger Clint Howard. Yeah. Still has. I mean, he looks the same. Clint Howard always looks like shit. <laughs> he always looks like shit. And I was Clint Howard to, is a shitty looking dude. Yeah. It, it's 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 it, it's really it's a rough situation when Ron Howard's the Adonis in your family. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Clint Howard uh, Star Trek episode? Oh yeah. No. When he's a little kid, it's an ugly baby. It's called the Corbomite maneuver, and there's no. like this bad alien everybody's scared of, but in the end, you find out it's like a Wizard of Oz thing. It's really just little kid Clint Howard behind like a mask or whatever. Yeah. And then he's like, then he offers them a drink because they make friends. And he goes, this is Tranya. I hope you cherish it as much as I. (laughs) (laughs) Is it in that movie, too, where he takes the mask off and it's just as bad? He's not. It's not really a mask. He has like this like robot alien in front of his view screen. But really, when you get into his ship, it's like a. I don't know. It's like a hip cat's lair with like this weird little kid in a headdress. Shatner Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I wonder if. uh, Check that out. 
when they stumbled upon him, it was just like it was like finding gold. Like a kid that looks like that is kind of bizarre. Because you know, usually a kid who's going in for uh, audition, they're kind of cute. Yeah. Do we have? A, I don't think forward. him and Ron went on the same kid audition. <laughs> yeah. for sure. Do we have any kids that look like a little <laughs> ugly old man? <laughs> oh, here's one. Perfect. Yeah, he looks like what's the fucking uh, what's the what, what was the what was the monster that was in the basket? Basket case. That was it, right? That's he right. He looks like basket case. Do you think when they were young, they had to um, remove Clint Howard from Ron Howard? <laughs> <laughs> he was like a growth. Or do you think it was like a twin situation yeah. where Ron is the Schwarzenegger? All the shit that ran down the yeah. side of your mom's leg. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was also telling Zach, I don't want this to be a shit on like Quinn Howard episode because I do like Quinn Howard, but like his divorce proceedings were like in the paper. Yeah. And I don't know why they put him in the paper because it was just like a normal divorce. You know, it was yeah. like fighting over a $20,000 bond, you know, and it was oh. like, it wasn't it's just like. a funny thing about Clinton Howard being married. It's just. It's yeah. just fun. We need an escape in this country, all right? Look right. What's going on? Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to know Quinn Howard like arguing with his wife. <laughs> People want that hot celebrity gossip. <laughs> Quinn Howard. <laughs> oh, I hear Tom Noonan's in Ibiza this weekend. <laughs> a little bird told me Clint Howard is fighting over a twenty grand bond. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I forget how much the bond was, but it was like I was like, why is this in the fucking news? Uh, so Quinn Howard uh, then chases. Um, Blake, uh, what's the last name? Blake again, Thorne. Zach? Blake Thorne, uh, into a mall. Uh, well, they go in. They're on like the the, the freeway or whatever, yeah. and there's an off ramp. And as a sign of a great film, there's a lot of parts of this movie where it cuts to B roll and a, and then voiceover going, "Hey, we can hide here. I used to live here." <laughs> yeah. When most of your plot points are ADR. <laughs> yeah. Hey, over here. He's getting away. Come in inside of here. <laughs> yeah, the ADR is always like, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. It's like it's like clear <laughs> expositional <laughs> ADR. Oh. So he gets uh he 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 he's getting chased through the mall. He uh he finds a does he beat up the Santa or he just finds the Santa outfit? He just finds it. He finds a Santa outfit. Uh Quinn Howard and the cops realizes that it is in fact uh it is in fact Blake. And they go on this, uh, I would say high-speed foot chase, but it's a pretty medium-paced foot. I mean, Hogan can't really run, and neither can Quinn Howard. And then Hogan ends up falling down. Um, I I guess, what does he fall down? It's like a a garbage shoot. It's like a garbage shoot. He hits his head and uh, then thinks he's Santa. One note I made is that this is a guy that jumped out of a moving Humvee <laughs> going 70 miles an hour and got back to his feet unscathed, but yeah. he falls down this garbage chute and he loses his memory. <laughs> uh, yeah. The way he, he getting... Stumped. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. Well, the way getting knocked out works in movies is just so... It's just like... And we're still doing it. I'll still watch yeah. TV shows where someone just hits someone in the back of the head and they're like, oh, oh that's not how... I don't think that's how that works. Well, there was a whole show which was... Uh what was that blind spot? Was that about MK Ultra, the girl with the tattoos, where she woke up and she was like, "What do each of these tattoos mean?" Yeah, you know? I don't remember getting one hundred tattoos. <laughs> if you look at the the NFL is a great case study. You don't get amnesia; you just get you know trauma, and then you kill people and yourself. If this was an NFL movie, Blake would have just killed everyone in the orphanage <laughs> right, exactly. halfway through. Right in the movies, James Bond should hit someone in the back of the head with a rock, and then that person yeah. should go and shoot both of their wife and both of their kids. <laughs> Um, so I, at, at this time, um, Blake wakes up and he's greeted by Lenny, who is a, uh, mall Santa elf. Right. Um, 
and they're, I guess, gambling in the well, Santa's workshop. Yeah, they or... set it up that, like, basically, because, you know, this woman, the executive woman's looking for the Santa, and, like, it cuts to the elves' little shack. She's wearing, like, a Hillary Clinton pantsuit. Yeah. It's, like, very professional. They really, like, zeroed in on her. I thought she was going to be, like, a sex, uh, like, a, like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a... Like a love interest. Yeah, for the movie. She looks really... like the beginning of a porn movie, the way yeah. she's dressed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Which it would have been better. <laughs> a lot of this movie feels like the intersections of porn, like the intersecticulars right. or whatever. Well, I was jerking off the whole time yeah. when I watched it. So but that but apparently, because Bob Nelson is the main elf who teams up, who finds... Uh, Don Stark, I think. Oh, Don Stark, yeah. I'm sorry. Stark. From, uh, from that 70s show. And, yeah. Uh, he, he made some stupid money on that shit. I, I yeah. forgot, but this guy's got uh, this guy got a real good run after that. I was looking at his IMDb. Oh, that's good for him. Yeah, yeah. He, he deserves it. Yeah, hey, you know the role. director John Marlowski's still working. Is he? He's got a I didn't movie see coming the out next year that I'm really excited for called Replicate. <laughs> <laughs> it's about these teenagers. Is this that, true? Yes. <laughs> 2019 Replicate. Now he doesn't have. A movie every year, <laughs> oh, I didn't think or so. even the last ten. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's been working on he's been working on Replicate a long time. <laughs> Teenagers discover their. Do you think uh, when he did Stand with Muscles, he's like, okay, I make one for them, and then I make Replica for, for me, me <laughs> in twenty years. <laughs> in twenty years. Was this one of his first films? At least, can we give him? Uh, yeah, it did look that way. Good. Right, yeah, so I hope so. Just room yeah. for improvement. I hope so. I, it, the whole movie felt like you had 20 minutes to write a movie before yeah. screenwriting class. Yeah. But I liked how all the elves were kind of gambling and doing CD you stuff. You like degenerate elves. I do. I think it's a it's a trope, but I enjoy it. You know? Yeah. It's something to fall back on. It's funny because you think they're nice. Yeah. yeah. But, but they're, they're actually, you know, jerking off and going up, up skirt elves shots. Elves love and... to fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so so then you think the movie is just going to be uh, at that point the movie then goes from a horror movie to like some sort of thing about I, I just want to count how many different movies are in this movie <laughs> because it goes from a horror movie to then kind of like a Scrooge like almost like an Ebenezer Scrooge like okay he's going to be a good guy now uh, that's something so yeah he hits his head he's dressed as Santa Claus people tell him he's Santa Claus so you think it okay Grinch, this is going to be like. This is going to be like what the Santa Claus or whatever, where yeah. he thinks he's Santa Claus or he, he's becoming Santa Claus. That's the part you'd think that they would they would figure out how to nail, <laughs> and uh, or just copy, and they or, <laughs> or, or just, just copy, copy. and like, they completely. Gonna... <laughs> he never acts like Santa Claus. It's it's unclear. <laughs> What, what he believes, like he keeps acting like Blake Thorne, but then sometimes he thinks he's Santa. It's very they give up on I mean, the, the Santa crazy, thing the next day. Well, the crazy thing the is the next way, day he doesn't lose. He loses the beard and the hat. And well, he's the, like, the reason he gives up on it is because he walks out of the bedroom without the beard. Like, yeah. this is not some like plot point that you couldn't just gotten around. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah. So uh, during this time, while you know he's acclimating to uh, being this new Santa, he, he beats two kids up in the mall, which right. is where the poster's Can from. I ask one question: now? Yeah, does it seem these are these are bad kids, like by the before, way? Before before anything plot wise happens, Bob Nelson. It's either when he sees he's big, or it's he, when he beats those two kids up. Bob sees, Nelson. Who's Bob Nelson? I'm sorry, Don Stark. Don Stark. This is a current problem for me. I'm sorry. No problem. Yeah. But Don Stark sees him <laughs> and. VCs because of I can use. He's got a vibe. Of, I can use this guy. Right. He but tries to get money from. Why? I mean, no, I guess he yeah. owes money to the mob. Well, now what? Now let, let, I want to. This is this is the Don Stark motivation. I I thought about this carefully. <laughs> Don Stark 
uh, picks up his wallet very early. Okay. Blake Thorns. After right. Blake Thorns hit his head, he sees that he has thousands of dollars in his wallet and like a gold card or whatever. Right. So then Don Stark goes to the ATM, <laughs> which is like no ATM that has ever existed on yeah. Earth, and it asks for. DNA. It asks for your thumbprint. It's, right. Yeah, it's like a minority report ATM. <laughs> it's a minority report ATM. Why is it in a normal modern mall? <laughs> uh, in a, a world, 1996 modern mall. In a world where we have established nothing like, like PlayStation that. PlayStation just came out. Yeah. Like, like when this movie was released. So then Don Stark uh, kind of ostensibly following around Hulk Hogan to somehow get his thumbprint yeah. so he can get all of his money. It's it's very vague My and unclear. My question is then Don Stark has has the connection to Frost, and maybe because I was like tuning out, but like, Zach, do you remember how he has a connection to Frost? Cause he he owes Frost him money. He owes Frost money. Okay. So is, is Frost, besides doing this whole plot, which we'll get to in a minute, mm-hmm. also a loan shark? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. I yeah. mean, he's just an all-around bad guy. Because as we know, villains... I'll do everything villainous right. there is to do. Right. So he's probably also testing on animals, and he's a loan shark, and he's an assassin. Which, by the way, uh, Frost, who's played by um, Ed Begley Jr., Ed Begley Jr., like it's not a bad cast. Right. Ed Begley Jr. is usually he's great in Better Call Saul. Yeah, he's always good. Great in Arrested Development. Great, great in everything. Right. And so you just watch this, and you're just like, how much money? What? I mean, you know, it makes you made, it made me realize like no one has money. That's what it made me realize. Like all these people that we, we see that were like, yeah. "Oh wow, it's cool, this guy," you know. And you're like, "There's only like ten celebrities who actually have money." Well, this is before even like Best in Show because he's done a lot of Christopher Guest movies. That's before Best in Show came out. I think this is before the golden age of Red Begley Jr. I believe. Yeah, right. yeah. So this that's is true. the guy I'm on the come up. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't Same with Don Star. Well, Same with Mia Kunis. Isn't Mia Kunis is in this movie. That's right. It's one of the kids. Yeah, she is. Yeah, as a kid. You know. Uh, at <laughs> we were all licking our lips uh, during that pause, guys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, she's just she's just nice to think about later yeah. in her life. Later, um, later. things went well for her. She's she does. She actually had something written something pretty funny on IMDb about it, where she was like. I didn't realize, you know, how important like the pivotal moment of acting with Hulk Hogan was at the time. <laughs> like she like looks at it fondly. Like I was like, all right, she like kind of like, she's like in on the bit, you know. But when did, did, did Don Stark take her under his wing after this? Is this like a is it, was this like a mentor or protege? Like cause they were both in that seventy show together. I oh hope, yeah yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I hope there's not some really creepy E True Hollywood story behind well, it. Well, I mean, there's always going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe there was a casting that. director in common or something. <laughs> yeah. What is the That 70s Show Santa with Muscles connection? It has to it, they have the same casting there. director, Zach? <laughs> I didn't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> Zach isn't a quantum computer. <laughs> Zach, tell us who the casting director of both Santa with Muscles and Santa I wouldn't even know how to look that up. Um, all right, so let's keep going. Um, yeah. Uh, so he's th- so Ebner Frost. Let's, let's go into this. He's a germaphobe. Um, his main motivation of this movie is that he um, wants to uh, take over in this entire like w- this entire like portion of town because there are uh, energy fueling crystals underneath it. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't know at first. This is a big reveal later well, on. That's the big reveal later on, but there are crystals underneath it. We, we open on him, um, uh, torturing <laughs> like via satellite. Cause I mean, the amount of bad guys that are in this movie, and <laughs> we should probably get into this now. It's fucking insane. How many, it's like, it's like, it's like, 
they went to like a closed down party city and then picked a bunch of like James Bond villains outfits up. Yeah. And they're just and they're just like, all right, make it work because we get to Frost's house. He's ta- he's torturing a shoe salesman, which I guess is that's the last that's the second to last uh, location in the area that he needs that he needs to like close down to get to these crystals. It's it's hurting my head trying to describe. Yeah, it's this no, movie. it's the old rich man wants to buy up the town plot, right? But with the added wrinkle of a cave full of energon crystals <laughs> it, it, it makes, by the way is there a lazier sci-fi trope than unobtainium these crystals have energy in them it's like the laziest science fiction it idea this be some disco- every genre you know like, they, like what were you saying Rick? No, shouldn't this be like a huge discovery for science shouldn't like the cdc or whoever be involved yeah. i don't yeah, know yeah yeah and the bad guys again. There's there's a fucking geologist, an evil geologist, the personal physician, the personal physician. Oh, that's the that's the mad scientist. Yeah. Then there's the hot electricity girl who they're like, she's beautiful, and she's like, all right, she's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's like, it's not like she's not unattractive. She's a perfectly attractive woman. Like if I saw my friend out there, I'm like, oh, she's a very pretty woman. But they make her like she's Some like vixen. Carmen Electra yeah. or something. When I'm yeah. like, this is an attractive older woman. It doesn't yeah. really make any sense. And then some Canadian dude with a mustache who freezes shit, too? No, there's a no, chemist. He's, oh, he's chemist. Yeah. He sprays stuff. The guy who's, That's who's like a, a villain That's in every it. Richie Rich type movie from right. the 90s. Right, He has like a little Hitler mustache. Right. And you're like, he's Canadian? I don't <laughs> understand. Yeah, they did mention, they made a point of mentioning he's Canadian. Yeah. An evil Canadian chemist or something <laughs> like that. But You think they're in the writer's room and they're like, yeah, he's, well, he's German. No, no, no. <laughs> Come Dan, on. Kids movie. Dan, writer's room? <laughs> I mean, like this was written by cocaine. Tom Stoppard was his first movie. Tom Stoppard. <laughs> I shall deconstruct the entire cinema genre. So uh, somehow uh, Blake ends up uh, at this orphanage, um, and uh, he ends up defending these kids. What's the first thing that he does to defend the kids? Well, I think again? he comes there, and they're they, they were there with the truck, and they had just pulled. They were pulling the statue down. Right. Yeah, and, that's uh, right. With, a, with an ice cream truck, and then oh, they're the driving away, bench. laughing, cackling, uh, to intimidate the orphan. And then he pulls, stops the Santa truck with his bare hands. Yeah, he pulls the, the, the ice cream truck. The chain sorry. that was hooked up to the statue, he ends up pulling and pulling the truck backwards, even though it's going eighty miles an hour. Even though, again, right. we have not ever established that he has any sort of super strength. <laughs> right. No, not at all. But suddenly he can like stop a car with his bare hands. Right. Well, what's interesting in this movie too is Hogan is built again because this was right after the steroid trial. So I'm guessing he went back to steroids, Zach. You think, like right after this? Well, he is a bodybuilder in this in movie. This this, but he's he like it's like the weird lapse between WWE and WCW. So I think he was juicing again. Yeah, that was a note I had. Way bigger in this movie. Oh, because that was actually interesting. Because my note was going to ask you was because this is ninety six. This is later on than most of those movies. He seems smaller than me compared to what I remember. He's definitely Hogan. smaller than eighties Hogan, but he's okay. bigger than WrestleMania nine, like ninety three Hogan. Okay, by like a fucking mile. Like around ninety three is when the steroid trial really hit, and he's like. He's like a thin dude. In oh, that. wow. Like, like if you see his match at uh, WrestleMania 9 where he wins the strap for Yokozuna out of nowhere, he's like he's a, pr- he's a pretty fucking small guy. Can we talk about his acting style? What is he <laughs> We've doing? We've been like, through this before on the show. There's this like, I, thing I, where he's just kind of like going like, well, hi, everybody. I talk like this. And it's like your character you did as Hulk Hogan was compelling in the wrestling ring. Right. Oh, right, yeah. What, why would you do this? Well, he's great. 
in the movies where he's playing himself. Like he's great in Rocky Three because yeah. he's playing himself. He's great in Gremlins Two because he's playing himself. Oh, yeah. But he single handedly when they gave him when they gave him the reins ruined acting for professional wrestlers until The Rock. Right. No one after ever, everyone because of Hulk Hogan just thought wrestlers couldn't act. After that, wow. like it took the rag. No, but I mean, look at fucking Batista. Batista's like legit. Batista's oh, he's very good. good. He's good. Batista's Great very timing. good. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know if Hogan, you think Hogan ruined it for him? I, I, I don't know about, ro- I mean, I'm sure there were bad actors that were wrestlers. Well, he probably got burned like, a lot. You know, none of these movies did well, probably. None of these right. movies did well. And I, I, I just think that like, look how long it took for The Rock to come up. You know from what? that, like Batista's good. Batista's good. So is The Rock. I think Ch- he's a good actor. Pretty good. How is Cena? Like, you, know who's, you know who stuck sucks is Cena, man. Oh, yeah. I don't think Cena's bad. Oh, he's so bad. You think? I thought he was pretty he good. Comes off as like trying too hard, always so thirsty, and like you should and, like that Bumblebee movie in the trailer. Like his it. eyebrow is like eating scenery. He's just like I trying actually, I, you know, so I hard. I don't think Cena's that bad. I. But I also like. I guess I'm comparing it to Hogan, who's like, it's like the worst acting I've ever fucking oh, no, seen so in my everybody's life. Everybody's Meryl Streep I mean, compared Piper. to Hogan. <laughs> Roddy Piper. I know it's only one episode of Sunny, oh, but, but he was but good. Roddy, Roddy Piper is also good in they. Roddy live. Piper's oh, good. Yeah, yeah in that he's, movie. he's yeah. Really good. That's a Ventura's good movie. Ventura's good in fucking Predator. Oh sure, yeah. So I mean, there's there's some good wrestler it seems actors. Like Hogan, in a lot of ways, like he wanted to go like to, to tone it down to go against type. And like not be so like tone you know. it down. Well, he because he's kind of look. He might be a brash asshole, but his whole thing is very like California. Like, hey, dude, this is what I'm doing. Hey, hey, like it's I don't not. Know. Yeah, I don't know screaming. what he's doing, but it feels like he doesn't care. But he's showed up ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. are both of those things true? It's like <laughs> he's not half-assing it, but also like. There's no, I don't see any thought process that could lead to this performance. <laughs> I I think that like if you're, imagine if you're on set with Hogan, and like so you do the first take, and you're like, all right, well, I just gotta like let him get natural. How many takes before the director gives up? You think where he's like, okay, well, this is what I'm gonna get. So well, you, well, you start at the opposite of what you want, <laughs> right? And then by take five, you are still there. <laughs> So I think take six, you go, fuck it, we're moving on. <laughs> we're doing this yeah. right now. Because, yeah, they've got to get, like, you know, they've got to get, like, uh, solos on Hogan. Like, that's the thing that's crazy about this movie <laughs> is I'm like, they're, they had to take, they still, even though it's a bad movie, they had to take multiple shots. Oh, right. So they could you can't be precious with a budget like this. It's that old, uh, that old Patton Oswalt bit about deathbed was like, people got up at 4 a.m. and brewed coffee so yeah. that someone could make Santa with muscle. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is this the kind of movie where they get him an acting coach if he needs it? Like. Well, not, is the budget stuff there for that? I don't know. I think you know. I do. I do think acting coaches help, but I think that there's just some people like Ronda Rousey is a big example, who's like a really bad actor, and yeah. she's you know bad at acting in WWE, even even though she's really good in the ring. Um, I think some people have it or don't, and if I, I it's I don't know how many fucking sessions with Uta Hagen would yeah. help Hulk Hogan. I don't think that that would. There's no elixir for that guy, you know. Plus he's, he's just, like. Yeah. Plus, he's a guy who like was making like just tons of money before this, right? Like just you know like swinging his dick around, and now they're like, no, no, you've got to like relearn shit. He's like, it's not going to work for me, brother. Is this the era when he was fucking Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, or is that later that was on? a little later? But I think that was always like you a, know a, a thing. He, like, thing. I mean, he's yeah. had rumors. He was like a he like swinging. I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, good for him. Um, 
But I think it's a sin. <laughs> <laughs> that sex tape. Uh, you've seen that sex tape, yes, right? I oh, have. it's the greatest sex tape of all time. It's he's so like, sad. He's <laughs> like, oh, I feel like sh- it, it just looks like every time I've had sex. Yeah. It's like, oh, I shouldn't eat pasta before this. <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. So romantic. All right, so back to this. Uh, oh, we didn't even fucking, we didn't even get to the fact that Garrett Morris is in this. Yeah. Can we talk th- about Which one's Garrett Morris? Garrett Morris is the black dude. He's oh, the first SNL him. black guy. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. First, first cast of SNL. First cast member who was black in SNL. He was great. Um, he plays. He just Garrett Morris. What about Garrett Morris? He's also in this movie called The Stuff. Have you ever seen The Stuff? <laughs> I love The Stuff. That's he, a good movie. He just shows up. Like, in everything he ends, it's just, like, Garrett Morris is there. There's no character, even in Two Broke Girls or SNL. It's just like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a movie. He has no job in the orphanage. Right. Well, he's the one that keeps it all together, according I, to him. I, yeah, but then what is the woman doing there? She's, like, the... She puts him in the bed and reads him stories, I guess. It would be weird for an orphanage to have only one adult. Like, yeah, but it's also yeah, weird to have only three good. children. Yeah, there's only three kids in the yeah. orphanage. I mean, it's weird for there only to be two, but <laughs> clearly we need to save some of that casting money for Electro Girl, like <laughs> the evil geologist. Yeah, that is true. They were like, they're like, yeah, an orphanage should have at least ten kids, and they had the little girl who I don't think went on to do anything else. The kid from Picket Fences, right? And Milo Kunis, uh, who's fine in it. Um, they're children. They're children. You I mean, know? they did write. They did write around it saying that we got rid of all the other kids, but these are the leftovers. These are the ones. That, you know, I think Picket Fences boy said like, you know, no one wanted our shit faces <laughs> or something like that. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what the line was, but uh, it was a little sad. Yeah, it was sad. But uh, do you think you would get if you were in an orphanage? Do you think would? I'm charming in person. I would. I would close the deal. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't. How do you if you're if you're all right, tips from Ray? Yeah. If you're a kid in an orphanage, how do you get adopted? You know, if, like I'm there with the mom and she's yeah. like, looking at me. I'm like rubbing the back of her calf. Oh Jesus! Oh, God. I'm a child. It's fine. <laughs> oh no. no. All no. right. So so, so you're rubbing the woman. you're rubbing the back of the calf. I'm telling her how strong she is. <laughs> oh. Oh, you're getting left behind, my friend. <laughs> I'm asking the, the the guy, the dad, to teach me things. You know, <laughs> teach, the teach the place. <laughs> you're just describing a pornography. <laughs> no, like, catch, play catch. <laughs> teach me the the right play catch. You make them feel needed. <laughs> you make them feel needed. Uh, and I imagine you at like six has the same voice as you do now. So, I right, help me play catch. <laughs> Come on, let me rub the back of your calf. <laughs> That's super scary. <laughs> All right, so let's let's let's. Uh, um, oh, I forgot about this, and I'm, I'm, we're just going through plot line by plot line. Um, is that Santa sings with a kid in the orphanage, and then the windows glow? And I oh, guess that's yeah. supposed to be the magic of Christmas. But they're singing that's like the oh, closest some lounge song, some like weird sultry lounge song. Right. Yeah. So, so to review, yeah, uh, there's science fiction, ATMs, and yeah. electro powers. But then also sometimes the magic of Christmas just kicks in, <laughs> although we've never established like a real Santa Claus or real elves. Like there's no magic until that moment where the windows glow. It is. It's like not even lazy. It's like they for like I don't know. It, to me, it felt like a bunch of very coked up guys knocked it out. Like and I mean all but of it. Here's script, my question. Directing it. The, in the 90s, cocaine cost a lot of money, and there's no way that those guys... Not for movie stars, baby. Not for movies. Not for Hogan. Well, the, there's not this, for director I, I John Merlowski. There's, the, there's a rumor 
that No Holds Barred was written by Vince and Hogan, which I've always wanted to write this play, but they wrote No Holds Barred in a weekend together in a hotel room. Hell yeah, Whoa. dude. Which, I mean, that play must be fucking... That's like... You know, that's that's our generation's true West, you know, <laughs> yeah. those two together. But the contempt of the executive who was like, put it out like yeah. for children and families and Christmas in general. Yeah. Just the, the grim contempt he must have had. We couldn't we couldn't find the budget, but it did gross two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. That's, that's not real great. bad Ran for two weeks. That's super bad in 1996. Yeah, that yeah. was really bad. And that must that movie must have cost at least a million, right? Yeah, I'd I mean, say. problem. I, I always wonder about because I was never a big Coke guy. But I, I, I I've done enough ad world where I get the inclination where everything seems good at first. But when the Coke train stops and then finally some executive is looking at it, what do you do with it? You just you park it. You fucking just write it off. Well, there's still I mean, so many. I mean, if you go to a red box outside of a fucking Seven Eleven, you still see all these movies that you're like. Wait, Tommy Lee Jones and Liam Neeson were in a movie? Right. You know, like, yeah. you still see all these movies that just kind of, like, fly under the radar. So, you know, I, there's, like a, I, there's like a million types of Reindeer Games movies that come out every year that you never... That you, you thing, never hear about. Anything I want to make a point though. It's it's got all the choppiness and the hollow characters and the and the, and the virgin plot points of a coked up shitty movie. But it has the charm. It has the seeds <laughs> of like uh, these characters, these villain. I characters. think you always wanted to grow up in an orphanage and not with your parents. I felt like an orphanage <laughs> with parents. You know, we're orphan <laughs> parents. Uh, that's true. But I mean, the, the, there's seeds like like the fact that the, the forcible nature of like the new the, the Asian newscaster. It doesn't matter that she's Asian, but she happens to be. And the fact and she's talking to the well. Let's bring up the Asian newscaster. Uh, let's bring up the other Asian in this movie, and that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake Is he in this? playing a samurai at the very end of it, who's uh, very uh, very white. And they have him wear Asian face in this movie because oh, uh, yeah. I didn't real I didn't I knew this was coming because when I tweeted last week we were going to watch this movie uh, All Things Comedy uh, who who is you know our network here uh, the Aaron tweeted back to me wait till Brutus and Brutus like tweets back and Brutus is in the Fu Manchu or whatever the fuck he's wearing this movie Well this movie is a product of its time it is nineteen twenty nine Well here's the crazy thing about the story I'm sorry I was long winded. Brutus then tweets back at both of us, okay? And what does he tweet? Just just guess what he tweets, because it's a picture of him and the Asian. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid that it is yeah. some sort of a joke. Uh, no, he Asian. just it's just, whoa! Oh. <laughs> that was it. Ah, I'd forgotten. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I forgot I made that movie. <laughs> like, I was like, because uh, I did I did uh, the all-in roast in August where I wrote, he was one of the guys I roasted on the dais was Brutus. And Brutus didn't know, you know, like, Br I felt bad because Brutus was there and I was like, hey, Brutus, I'm going to do some jokes about you. You know, and he's like, what? Like, he didn't know what a roast was? And then he didn't do a rebuttal, so he just sat there and made That's fun just of his reaction to everything. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Sitting at the roast. Whoa. Well, you're just drinking beers, you know, in the corner. Oh. Hey, you haven't paid child support in 10 years. Whoa. 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 What's child support? <laughs> so I have a kid. There are a lot of things in this movie that are very much a product of their time. Uh, Dr. Frost's personal physician gets extremely rapey a bunch of times with the oh that's right with oh, yeah. the distinguished middle-aged woman who runs the <laughs> orphanage right. and it's then like Hogan's she's the only woman in the movie so this guy's got to go <laughs> lick his lips and act <laughs> disgusting like hogan throw yeah he just like the first time he sees her he's like trying to force her into a freezer 
It's so strange. Uh, very bizarre. Um, they worked the title of the movie into it like five times. Like when they, when they, when the newscaster first like recovers him, and after he does his feat of like supernatural like stopping a truck, she has, the, the whole story is, hey, this Santa's got muscles, but no one talks about the fact this guy's a superhero. And, it's yeah. just, and then they go to customer headline. I, it, it just seems and like no one acknowledges it. And everyone just, let's have dinner. And they eat jerk chicken. That's right. They have jerk chicken yeah. night. And they all get really excited about it. Right. Yeah, that was my favorite part was the jerk chicken. And Hulk Hogan, like, trying cookies is is less natural than Coco the gorilla <laughs> learning sign language. Right, exactly. Okay, this is what we were talking about earlier. He hits his head. He thinks he's Santa Claus. Then someone gives him... Uh, cookies and he's like these are high in fat right. and you're like wait I thought you thought you were Santa Claus <laughs> what do you think right and now and then the elf is like eat the cookies like what <laughs> scheme does he think that he's pulling <laughs> off the whole time yeah. he has no he has no like, like these kids have to think we're Santa so we can spend the night with them because <laughs> I have no place to go <laughs> right. that's it and he's in an elf costume the whole time oh no he's no, in no, a bunny no, rabbit bunny pajamas yeah. and it, well at one point he, <laughs> do you hear that like it was like the weird line where like the costume kind of has a long tail, not like a bunny. And he goes, what am I, a bunny or a lamb? <laughs> One of these two things. One of these two things. Hilarious joke line. We're keeping that. You know, he improv that on the spot. Oh, wow. Keep it in. That was so funny when you did that. Is there any more cocaine? <laughs> then the next you think that was the orphan budget? They're like, all right, guys, we either have a pound of blow or orphans. <laughs> And then the next morning, Mia Kunis has like restitched his co- his Santa costume, but to be like this, eight, I don't know what that was like this cutoff vest and like weird utility belt that she Santa calls with it. muscles costume, yeah, right. But like with no explanation. So it it culminates, uh, which you know I don't know how we really get there, but uh, Frost uh, ends up uh, invading the orphanage. To get the crystals. Yes. And I want to I want to mention a plot point here. Yeah. So he takes all the orphans down into the caves below the orphanage that they didn't know were there, filled with the energy crystals. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then he, they're like, okay, well, uh, you've beat us. You're, we're orphans, and you're a grown man. <laughs> you have defeated you, us. You have weird henchmen. So, and they're kind of like, one of the kids face. is like, I, I think we're done here. And he yeah. goes, no, who will mine my crystals? <laughs> <laughs> And then his plan is to make children mine the crystal. <laughs> and it's like... At, at, wait, 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 we forgot the biggest plot twist of them all is that this is without amnesia, is that Hogan and Frost were part of that orphanage as little kids. Oh, yeah. Someone told the writers of this that you have to have a twist in your third act which is a very well known <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. screenwriting rule what is it a sk- save the cat or skip the yeah oh all of those yeah, books yeah, all those so books make a good script they great. were like remember we have to have a twist in the third act and in the third act they're like uh ed begley jr and hulk hogan were in the same orphanage <laughs> who gives this shit <laughs> matter to oh, any of it but hogan has like a different name is it kaczynski or something right he's like last name ted like, kaczynski ted it was something kaczynski. like that yeah no 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 yeah they, they go like remember your real name blake thorne it was te- uh, terry chachevsky right. or something like that <laughs> it's like he changed it because it was too jewish or something I don't know. <laughs> he's like i can't sell supplements with that name brother um so yeah so uh I, I, they, oh, we're forgetting. The whole, I mean, he comes back to. Uh, it's not important. But Don Stark comes back to the ATM with the glass from the milk 
now is he has a fingerprint and it's telling right. and, and he's rubbing his fucking fingerprint glass on an ATM and it's fucking telling him this is a right thumbprint. We need a left thumbprint. I don't know. I just like the detail. Yeah. No, no, yeah. He gets a thumbprint off of a glass of milk and then takes the glass to the ATM. That's not how that works. <laughs> um, and why is there a space ATM? And also, he there's never an explanation of why he then becomes like a good guy at the end of it. Well, it, the thing is, like, yeah, because even after that point, because that, the whole time you're when... thinking the elf is evil, and then at the end of it, he he beats up. Well, Asian right. face Brutus. It's right after that with the glass at the ATM that he gets picked up in the van by Frost's guys and they like double down on his being evil and going like we need you to what was what they need him to do? Like just stop him? Stop your stop your Santa friend or whatever? And, yeah. Like, and like sne- and sneak away. So like he like really enlists them to being Which there's a very similar character in Mr. Nanny, but he ends up evil. Okay. It's, it's same function. I feel like that was underwritten, that part. Yeah, I mean, that, I think part, a lot that of part was underwritten. <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of underwriting and overwriting in, in critical parts of this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, there's a lightsaber battle. There's a lightsaber battle at the end between. And you know, when you think about lightsaber battles, you think, who would I want to see one between? <laughs> and I think you definitely end up at Hulk Hogan and Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> You know, a kid sitting around in 1996 were like, you know what would be cool? <laughs> but don't worry. We still have Clint Howard to show up with a rocket launcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. This thing is this thing is still got to build. There are things in this movie that are kind of just sort of arbitrarily in there because this movie kind of... Uh, somewhat belongs to the kids rule genre. That you is, know what that's I mean? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like the paintball game while in Which moving Hogan's- cars feels like a kids rule kind of whoa. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. We're playing paintball and moving cars <laughs> like that kind of a thing. Hogan's made a lot of money from the kids rule genre because then I think his next movie was he was the bad guy in like the fourth Three Ninjas oh. or something like that. So he's very. You know, he's the kids' rule. He's the go-to guy for the kids' rule. Unfortunately, drama. that is when the Three Ninjas series did go downhill. It did go downhill. That was the Godfather yeah. Three of the uh, Three Ninjas series. Yeah, I, I don't know what the kids' rule movies are nowadays, and I'm glad I don't. I don't you know, think I think they, as they like don't... a guy in your 30s, you shouldn't know well, I feel what like... the kids' rules mo- genre. Ray knows like a hundred. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> well, I don't, Zach and Cody. This one uh... where a kid rubs the back of a woman. <laughs> Half. I don't know for sure, but I did. It's <laughs> so creepy, up, man. Up until a few years ago, I was working. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'm trying to get adopted. I'm going to hold back. Uh, you, fuck, you fuck your future mom to get a mom. <laughs> All right, yeah, you, you'd be saying? an orphan. Uh, no, I mean, like, I. I said, bought, not until recently, I had like a, a DJ boss who I worked for, and like I'd be at his house, like working on pictures. And Wait, this was advice or no? No, this is a, a few years ago. My point is, his kids were like, ra- like kind of like the roller coaster tycoon. No, this is a, that was a different guy. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was the guy I worked for owned the shitty cleaning service who cleaned the roller to- coaster tycoon's mansion. Okay, this was a this is a DJ that I worked for doing wedding photography, and I'd be over his house, and his kids are always this watching. This is the most normal job Ray's had, by the way. <laughs> Uh, his kids are always watching Disney, so I don't watch Disney. Is my point, but yeah, they always but have you watch on. the kids watching Disney. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there trying to get paid, wait, wait for my, and, he, and he just and he's like, "I didn't pay you to babysit. What are you doing in the room with my kids?" 
<laughs> Excuse me. No. This is like your emphysema. <laughs> Teaching him to rub Ray caps. came to this podcast. He goes, oh, I gotta see a pulmonologist. It's either asthma or emphysema. I'm like, I think there's a couple in the middle. Like, you really jump from... The doctor was very cagey about it. He didn't want to, like, commit to anything. <laughs> Um, well, is, it's a tar, but you're seeing a veterinarian. When you watch the Disney Channel, is my point. These uh-huh. shows, they're all about like cucking adults, like the kids. <laughs> cu- I mean, I'm, for lack of a better term, I, I wouldn't use that verb. <laughs> well, he know. brings up cucking in every episode. <laughs> There's never been one episode where you don't bring up cucking. <laughs> this is not an appropriate place to bring up cucking. Well, wrestling, I feel this. Disney show. Wrestling, okay, but here they don't cuck the parents. Well, emotionally cuck. They make them. They make them feel like assholes. It's it's, it's an extension of the kids. It's, it's no longer the vein of like fighting, you know, burglars. Yeah. Now it's just making your dad feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> The Nickelodeon thing of adults just don't get it. Like, right. sometimes you have to use your slingshot with slime on your skateboard to stop the secret <laughs> agents. Like, yeah. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's fast forward to the end of the movie. Santa overcomes the odds. Uh, Garrett Morris, Milo Kunis, the kid from Picket Fences, the original kid who wrote the letter, the woman from the orphanage, they're all cheering. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. has a moment where he goes, like, this won't be the last time you see me. But you can see in his eyes, he's like, I really hope this is the last time you <laughs> well, see me. I think me. he's thinking this is the last time you will see the actor, Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> Jr. And Thank then, God he was wrong. And then they're like, well, what do we do now? The orphanage has been blown up in this lightsaber fight. Uh, where do we go? This is all true, by the way. I'm not just pulling this shit out of my ass. This is all things that happen in the movie. Um and I think I thought that like naturally as a story you're like okay well Hogan's gonna like share his house that's like and then you're gonna see like he's become a good guy but no he keeps the house and somehow just takes Ed Begley's house oh, and did, turns it into that. an orphanage. That's what, oh, the end of the movie dang. is he turns instead of using his own house he turns Ed Begley's house and maybe it was a thing where like hey we only have your mansion for a day and we have Begley's house for like three days right so we'll 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 film more there. And for whatever reason, this mansion is in, like, viewing distance from the prison that Ed Begley Jr. and all the bad guys are at. Yeah, shitty telescope. Someone did a bad job at Sim City, and, like, (laughs) everything is just sort of in, like, yelling distance of everything else. It's all, like, clearly in California, (laughs) you know, and they're all wearing, like, Popeye's jail outfits. Like, they have the caps. And and the uh, 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 you know the and the uh, woman's in there with them, the ball like and the chain. men, right? Yeah, the woman's there. Just mixed in with the men. It's, yeah, that's that, that, which is not what happens in prison. I, um, so. I worked in the prison. It's not what happens. Right, you did. Yeah, how was it uh, compared to your experience uh, ph- photographing prisoners? Well, I mean, it, no one's no one's searching anyone's ass, so it didn't seem realistic in that sense because that was a big part of the whole job. Uh-huh. Is, that, is that was um, that a separate job? Like well, the ass searcher, or was that no, just security? No, the guards would do that, and yeah. the guards had an eagle eye. I was talking to the guard one time, and you wouldn't even, they're not the brightest guys, typically, in my opinion, that I talk to, but sharp as attack when it comes to, like, they see, he saw a guy, <laughs> I was talking to him. Tax up your yeah, ass. I was talking, yeah. uh, he's talking about his weekend or whatever he's going to be doing, going fishing, I don't know, and out of the corner of his eye, he must see his fucking glimmer, of, he rushes over to the holding cell, and starts like, give it to me, and like, pulling <laughs> yeah. the thing out of the guy's hey, ass. Ray, you, you say that they're not smart, but that's emotional intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, I agree. Being able to That's spot things in genius. someone's ass, yes, yeah. Well, Ray, you know, usually we do create a character at the end of the episode, right. but 
for me, because, you know, and, and as you know, in 2019, just to give you guys an idea, we will be reading your script on air if you're okay with oh, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to read. Uh, Ray pitched his script to a Hollywood agent last week, which nice. was my girlfriend's daughter. Right. Okay. Um, how would you rewrite this movie? Uh, okay. You need to, first of all, <clears throat> Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> Yeah. there needs to be a common mother figure between the two of them. <laughs> Oh, no. They have to be half brothers. I didn't think it was going to go that way. <laughs> and, okay, they have to be half brothers. And the mother figure, like they're they're both trying to like get this mother's love metaphorically, but also physically. They're both trying to kill. The mother is that runs the orphanage. Is the point. <laughs> And she was their titular. Maybe that's the thing. She, they're both from Wait, the orphanage. Let's know what you're saying. Their mother runs the orphanage. All right. Let's be clear. The orphanage. All right. Let's be clear. Now I, now, now I get it. So she, she the, the woman, they're not, they're not the real mother, but okay, she ran yeah. the orphanage, right? Right, so she's right. their titular mother. She's, she's the she's matriarch. Their, yeah, exactly. Okay. And so there is a, there's a certain kind of pseudo, like a Freudian sexual, but really more just, you know, well, Morning. we knew that where this is where this was going yeah. after the calf thing. Well, massaging the calf. I'm just saying. So there, there was that undercurrent uh-huh. there. You, you strip the uh, the the enemies down to like maybe two or three. You, Which two or three? Uh, you keep Electro Woman because you need that sex appeal. Um, <laughs> you probably keep the the beekeeper. Yeah, though, you mean the geologist? The geologist, yeah. yeah. Just have them too, and have them. It's very similar. He was integral. The geologist. I think a kid. I think a kid, and not for any personal. But a kid needs to get punched. All right, <laughs> because his, the problem with his kid rules things is they don't have any stakes. Right. <laughs> Like when you watch the first Matrix. Every episode of this podcast just turns into you dealing with your child abuse. No. <laughs> you watch the first Matrix and you see the sweat of Lawrence Fishburne's face and he's fighting the, the agent. And you watch the second one and just dancing around like fucking CG. Not, it's like, you need visceral, you need a point of reference. Like in the aviator with the clouds. So if you haven't seen the movie, watch it. But you need a point of reference and you need that kid from Big Offenses to get punched by the right. beekeeper in the beginning yeah. to really ground the gravity of the situation. Right, right. I think Don Nelson needs to get seedier. Don Nelson, needs, um, yeah. Don Stark. Don Stark, yeah. You need, you need to build him out more. Well, how does he get seedier? Um, you know, he runs a porno theater. Uh, it's not doing well. That's why he's trying to get money. You know, because the porno theater is... Uh, it's on the outs. I gotta um, say, Im- almost impossibly, that made less sense than the movie. <laughs> and he's not even done. How do you wrap it in a bow? Um, yeah, uh-huh. because they're not. It's not actually his mother. Hulk Hogan ends up embracing the the orphanage woman who's older in this version. She's not so the, he has. He, wait, she has sex. They have, they don't sex. have sex in the movie. Let's not but is it, ro- it becomes romantic. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, Ray, you made it better. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I think Ray wants to fuck his mom. I don't, but like, I do like Mil- I really don't. But I do. I, uh, but I feel, about I feel just- like your most of your points of reference for cinema is pornographic uh, films and the Aviator and the Aviator. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you haven't seen the Aviator or milf porn, watch it. Look, there, there's emotional depths that porn can hit that. <laughs> I'm not saying you want to duplicate the whole thing, but you know, if you could, if you could learn from that genre, why not? 
true. It's very popular. Uh, well, um, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's throwing <laughs> plugs in Jared? What do you got? This comes out today. Oh, um, I worked on a movie called Stuber that comes out, uh, next year. With Batista and Kumail. With Batista was there. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. see that movie. And I have an album called the twilight door that came out, uh, here in 2018. Christmas, so Jared, it's a great comic. So please get that for yeah. uh, Christmas. Thanks people. Ray? Uh, at Ray Kump on Twitter and Instagram. And also you can hear me every week on Tim Dillon is Going to Hell uh, every Tuesday on Gas Digital at 7 p.m. and on iTunes every Sunday. Um, okay. Thank you, Ray. Uh, I'm really terrible at transitioning from plug to plug. Uh, I have an album, No Real Winners, here. It's out on the 100 Pound Gorilla Records. Uh, I wrote on the show Alternatino that should be coming out on Comedy Central this spring. So check that out. But most importantly, rate and subscribe to the podcast. Get more. I, I, I really appreciated all the new reviews that are coming in. But the more people that hear about this, uh, the better. Zach's got to eat. You know, Zach's got to eat. Uh, Zach, can you you can echo that, right? Send Zach some crackers. I am pretty hungry. Yeah, all the all the podcasts on all things comedy. Check those out. And uh, Ray and I, if if uh, if you are at uh, MSG on December 26th. Ray and I will be going to the WWE live event, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, uh, we're gonna be coming a little late. I got a couple spots, but we're gonna be coming to the second half. Probably. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a pancake tar- target thing for the Pancake Boys for the Pancake Boys. Yeah, like, like a whole circle. That's not their real name, by the way. He doesn't know any of the real wrestlers. Name. Well, they, 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 these, these gentlemen who throw pancakes at the fans, <laughs> and then and people come. I don't think they're with, on this one. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, people come with like cardboard like with circle in the middle and they go like, put a pancake in my mouth like, and they throw it at them it's a dirty pancake i think it's fun yeah that does sound fun it really does yeah i'm taking a uh, night away from my fiance to do this uh, <laughs> but yeah so come say hi to us while you're there and guys merry christmas <laughs>